right, everyone. Welcome to Story Time Corner. <laughs> story Judicial Corner. Story Time with Judicial Anna and Joe. <laughs> um, all right. We have the very first chapter of the groundbreaking future Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize winning um, uh, fiction slash historical uh inaccurate fiction. historically inaccurate <laughs> yeah fiction fiction um, fiction <laughs> uh double double fiction which is a double negative which means it's now non-fiction it, yep. so this happened um <laughs> this is my life story <laughs> chapter one of rumspringa of deception rumspringa of deception okay okay do you want to start anna do you want me I to will. start I, I'll, I'll start us off Okay, I'm going to, just so everyone knows, I'm going to be interjecting when I see funny things and or things or that I have questions Or unfunny about. things that need or to be questioned things. or made fun of. Okay, yes. yep, let's do it. Jakob looked across the wheat field as the sunlight peaked over the horizon. He took a deep breath as he did at every sunrise to welcome the day. The world might be changing around him, but here... In the early morning hours, between his pre-dawn chores of milking and feeding the barn animals, and his post-dawn work in the fields, Jakob Yabadiah Yoder took a deep breath as, just for a moment, time stood still. Okay, I have questions. <laughs> One, he he fed and milked every animal, All even the animals. like he milked the pigs. You've never had pig milk before? <laughs> it's great in smoothies. <laughs> oh, gross. Second, wait, is Yebadiah, is that, are we just not pronouncing any J? You know, I don't think that, I, in my mind, they don't. Like, okay. like, it, like all the J's are silent. Okay. In I'll, my I'll, head. Do you so. want me to do the next? Do you want to go every yeah. other paragraph? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can do all the boys' voices, and I'll do all the girls' voices. Okay. Fabulous. Well, no, I think if we're having a conversation, we can switch back. Oh, yeah, you're right. Unless you want me to talk to myself. Okay. Jakob turned back to the house to eat breakfast with his family before the field work began for the day. As he walked through the door, Jakob saw his grandfather, Eamon. Wait, I thought his grandfather's name was also Jakob. No, I changed it. I wanted to to name somebody (sighs) Amos. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. As he walked through the door, Jakob saw his grandfather, Amos, was already seated at the head of the table. Next to him lay a small basket, and all that could be seen was a dark tuft of hair and an old, worn blanket tightly tucked around a lump that Jacob remembered from his own childhood. The tuft of hair belonged to his nephew of three months, Samuel. He was blessedly quiet as he lay at his great-grandfather's feet, already having had his breakfast. (laughs) There's a baby! (laughs) yeah and it's like in a little basket i don't describe it as like a bassinet or anything it's literally just like it's just a picnic (laughs) basket (laughs) oh dear we're so sorry if you're amish or grew up amish we're sorry we already decided we could be offensive because they're never going to hear this (laughs) technology (laughs) okay okay the home was quaint there was no better word to describe it A woven rug lay in the center of the family room, clearly well cared for, but equally well worn. Above the fireplace hung a large wooden plaque that had a beautifully carved family tree on it. 
His grandfather had carved the entire piece himself and took great pleasure in bringing it off the mantle to carefully add branches as his family grew. His mother, Rebecca, had always said it was her greatest joy to look upon that piece of wood and see her and her children's names carved for eternity. Just looking at that wood. But... (laughs) (laughs) Them branches be growing. Oh, yeah. Becky with the good wood. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But... It had been five years since Jacob's mother had felt the joy of standing in front of the fireplace (laughs) with a warm cup of tea in her hand gazing at the ornament. Five years since his mother had carried out dinner into the field for him and his brothers and father and been trampled when one of the horses had become unhitched and scared by a snake. <laughs> Five years she had been bedridden upstairs, oh my paralyzed God. from the waist down. Jacob goes right back to that day and tries to remember <laughs> whose job it had been that morning to hitch up the horses. In the wake of the tragedy, none had thought to ask, and none had wanted to know the answer. All four of them shared the guilt of that day, and somehow it made it both harder and easier not knowing. Okay. Boom. So it was one of their faults. Yeah. Of course. <gasps> Wait, why was she bedridden for, fo- like, she people couldn't carry her around? I feel like Amish people, when they you need technology, you go get it. Like, I feel like they, they could get a wheelchair. Her. Yeah, and they didn't they have like old fashioned wheelchairs. And I like how you're saying like, didn't they? Like they still exist, and this is set in modern times. So I guess <laughs> we could just ask like, don't they? Don't like, they? We know they have wheels, and also this is like a woodworking family. So Whatever. I feel like Listen, they could. This is not a, a real book. But okay. I'm criticizing this. I literally wrote it. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I you love with. it so much already. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> Through the family room, through the open double doors, is the large dining table that Jacob approaches after he has rinsed his hand in the wash basin. When he enters the dining room, he can see his little sister, Anna. Come I on. know, but it's his a little... real, it's a, it's an Amish name, right. I promise. I googled it. His little sister, Anaga, and sister-in-law, <laughs> Mary, at the counter and stove in the kitchen to the right of the dining room. He can hear Anna squeaking quietly to Mary about what pies they'll bake for the reception. Anna has been speaking for the past three months of nothing but her upcoming wedding. Jacob could not be happier that Anna and Levi will be married soon, but his heart breaks when he thinks how quiet the house will be in her absence. Anna looks up from where she's pulling biscuits out of the oven. And ooh, that's a, that is a... Uh, is that a sexual innuendo? No, that, that's foreshadowing, maybe. A bun oh. in the oven. A- Anna looks up from where she's pulling biscuits out of the oven and meets Jacob's eyes. She smiles and shakes her head like she knows just exactly what Jacob is thinking. She probably does. Anna and Jacob, being only a year apart at 20 and 21 respectively, meant that they grew up close to each other and that any of... Sorry, I can't read. (laughs) Anna and Jacob, being only a year apart at 20 and 21 respectively, meant that they grew up closer to each other than any of their other siblings. His older brother, Eli, his father's namesake, was five years his elder and always seemed like such a grown-up, even at a young age. And their youngest brother, Joseph, (laughs) this is ridiculous, now 16, still seems like a child. I promise you, though, both Anna and Joseph I believe you. It's just very funny. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, you're really going to laugh about that foreshadowing I... comment that you, you made. <gasps> okay. Yeah, and I haven't read this, everyone. I know. So this, this is your yeah. first time. It's okay. an experience. Okay. Jacob takes his seat at the table and looks over at his father, who is looking over a ledger. Jacob recognizes the ledgers as the family's crop accounting and knows that his father is worried about the weak wheat production this season. Why did I make this a tongue twister? Okay. (laughs) But it's only June and Jacob hopes that by the time they harvest in late summer, things will look better. He leaves his father to his worries, though, because Eli's anxieties about wheat are much better to occupy his time and mind than his ever-present worries about his ailing wife. I know. Unsurprisingly, when Eli sets the ledger down on the table, he turns to Jacob and says, "Do you want to? Do you want to be Eli?" Oh, oh, oh! We'll have to keep a careful eye. Wait, I don't know why he's talking like a cowboy. <laughs> what? Like, what's the accent again? This isn't a western. <laughs> we'll have to keep a careful eye on the wheat. That was Indian. It what? was. It definitely why can't I do like Indian. a German? G- we'll German. have to keep a careful yes, okay, eye on yes. the wheat this season. Ver- We'll have to keep a careful eye on the wheat this season. Jakob nods quietly and turns to the noise coming from the basket on the floor. Is Samuel awake? He usually sleeps when we're eating and saves his noise for when we are all trying to rest, quips Eli. That's when Jakob's brother, Eli, also Eli, joins them and leans over Samuel to tuck in the blanket even tighter than it already is. A feat Jakob did not think was possible. This is why I named the grandfather Amos, because when all three of the Elis were in the room together, I was like, (laughs) I don't know who the hell is talking. (laughs) All right. Father, I seem to remember grandfather telling us stories of how you refused to sleep your first three years of life. Let us pray this trait isn't passed down among sons, replies his brother jovially. His father and grandfather's booming laughter calls the attention of the woman in the kitchen. Jacob's brother, Beth, so many characters. I'm sorry. I can't read, everyone. (laughs) Jacob's grandmother, Beth, walks out of the kitchen at that moment with a platter full of scrambled eggs and laughs quietly and says, Your father is lucky we didn't feed him to the livestock with how much he cried at young Samuel's age. I don't think I heard my own thoughts even once the whole first year. The Lord couldn't even hear me back then. We were asked to leave a barn raising once due to your father's wailing. <laughs> don't, don't let him make a fuss about a single sound that sweet angel makes. I don't know why so I did that voice. that voice. Thank you. She places the platter on the table and goes back into the kitchen. She passes Mary walking out with the ham and Anna with the biscuits. Beth returns with a pitcher full of warm milk. Ew. Warm, the concept of warm milk always grows. Fresh me out. from the milking. Oh, okay. fre- oh, God. I didn't even finish that sentence. Frothy. Fresh, fresh from the milking this morning. Oh, honey. In one hand and a platter of cheese in the other and sets them down. She immediately begins putting a little of everything on a plate, including some strawberry preserves spread on the biscuits, and looks at her husband expectantly, but doesn't take a seat. I should have put the word frothy in there somewhere. You I don't know have. why I didn't. Because you probably Rewrite. vomited in your mouth a little bit. <laughs> Everyone takes their seat, but Jacob is the first to realize that Yosef hasn't made his way inside from the barn yet, which can only mean he's lost track of time talking to the horses like a madman once again. <laughs> so his younger brother is just like a crazy person that's like obsessed with Is animals. this going to become like Equus? <laughs> Is he going to fuck a horse? And it's going to be the character named Joseph that does that. (laughs) Listen. Hey. All right. At least he's memorable. 
Amos realizes a moment later and chuckles to himself fondly. No point in waiting for that Yosef to start breakfast. We'll be sitting and waiting straight through dinner, says Amos. He bows his head and the rest of the family joins him in prayer. The moment he lifts his head, Beth picks up the plate she made and carries it up the stairs to Jacob's mother. Beth always takes breakfast up to Rebecca and sits with her as she eats. The children of the home take turns coming in from their work for dinner with their mother. But every night for supper, Jacob's father takes two plates of food up to their shared room and tells his wife about his day. And in this, okay, like I tried to stay legit. They call lunch dinner and dinner supper. What? That's like a thing. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. After breakfast, Jacob rises to head out to the barn to hitch up the horses. Oh, girl, don't forget. Hitch up the horses for the day <laughs> when Amos clears his throat and puts his hand up. Son, why don't you sit back down? <laughs> why are you Indian? Why, why is he not? Indian? You do it. You be the father. Son, why don't you sit back down for a set and speak to me and your father? <laughs> Jacob looks warily at his older brother for guidance, who simply shrugs as he kneels down to tie his boots. When the table is cleared and everyone has left the dining room save for his father and grandfather, Amos looks at Eli expectantly. Son, your grandfather and I have been talking, and under the Lord's guidance, we think the time has come, <laughs> says his father. Yeah, time for what, grandfather? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That won't be his voice. 100% that is going to no, be his voice. No. <clears throat> Let me try again. Time for what, grandfather? Asks, asks Jacob with a confused expression on his face. Eli glances nervously at his own father and Amos rolls his eyes. I know your father is anxious about your reaction, but the time has come for your <laughs> rumspringa. I've told you both many times that I have no interest in doing that. I've told you that I don't need my faith or my commitment to this family or my community tested. I have no desire to leave you with the burden of a missing man in the field. I know what will happen if I leave. There's little point. Jacob has argued his point many times in his youth. This is the first that his father and grandfather have brought it up in the past two years. What goes unspoken is the real reason Jacob has always been against leaving his house for any extended period of time. They all know his mother has been living on borrowed time since her accident. Ah! Jesus. <laughs> Jacob cannot bear the thought of him leaving this home. Jacob cannot bear the thought of him leaving this home only to return to his mother's death. It's very he Grey's Anatomy. Okay. It is. He I'm surprised there's not like a pipe sticking through her that's like on a timer. <laughs> there's a bomb. To yeah. Amos. <laughs> Connect. <laughs> and the horse yeah they the gotta horse. kill one yeah the horse is there too but but joseph refuses to let them kill the horse mm -hmm. yeah it's a whole thing uh he treasures every moment that he has left with her and has refused to put anything above that his father smiles sadly at Jacob as he makes his argument because his father well knows what Jacob refuses to speak out loud son starts his father no one will force you to leave this home. And you know how happy it makes me to hear you say that nothing in the outside world will sway you into leaving our community and family. But it's a rite of passage. One that every man in this family must experience. 
You will regret it when you are older if you never really test your allegiance to this faith and to this way of life. Your grandfather and I can handle the farm in your absence with the help of your brothers. And if you have so much faith in your family, have faith that your mother will be waiting for you when you return. That was, that was great. So that was such a good... But there's also a little Indian in there. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little Indian I, everywhere, okay. so... <laughs> you cannot know that, Father. You cannot know something will not happen when I'm gone, and I will not be here. If I leave, there will be no way to get me in time to bring me home to say goodbye. I cannot bear the thought of that. And when would you have me leave? Right before Anna's wedding? Am I so meaningless to this family? Amos turns a stern glare toward Jacob. Do not disrespect me or your father in such a manner. We had no intention of forcing you out the door before Anna's wedding. We only thought that you would like to know and prepare now to leave right after the fall harvest and the wedding. We have all struggled to come to peace with what has happened to your mother, but go upstairs and speak with her before you make your decision. I am meant to come in at midday to take dinner with her today. You should do so in my place. We do not tell you to do this lightly, my child. We tell you to do this because it will make you a stronger and better member of this community. If you experience this, as we all did, speak to your brother. He will tell you that he agrees with us. It is the Lord's will. Eli interjects. This is the grandfather? Right? Eli is the dad. Amos, that one that just oh, spoke, you were just grandfather. Oh, Eli interjects. You don't have to stay away the full two years if you do not wish to do so. You can stay out for six months or a year and then return and speak with the elders to see if you could benefit from more time. Have some faith in your elders to guide you. That was fantastic. Thank I'm really you. proud of you, Joe. You're I'm really coming along. Okay. <laughs> Jacob sighs and looks down at the table in front of him. He lifts his hand and runs a finger down the scratch in the wood that he knows is there underneath the tablecloth because he had put it there accidentally as a child. His father had chuckled then and said that he came from a family of carpenters and that scratches in the wood were easily fixed. But his mother hadn't let anyone repair the wood. She had insisted that household furniture needs to look like it was used and loved to tell a story. Mm. So there it remained for the past 16 years, ever since a source of comfort. His mother was right, of course. It did make a wonderful story that made the family smile every time the tablecloth was changed. I will tell you what I decide after speaking with mother, but I cannot leave before Anna gets married and settled. No one would want that. You're a member of the family and the... Ordnung, which is what Ord they call their community. I got the family and the Ordnung would not be complete without you. His father says Indian. His father says gently. <laughs> he adds, I think that's enough talk for today, for one day, and we should head out to the fields. I have to go bring your brother Jacob. Wait. Oops, sorry. That's meant to say Joseph. Okay. Oh, God. So many names. I have to go I see bring... how confusing it can yeah. get. <laughs> see what would have happened if I had named them all, Eli. I know. I, know. <laughs> I have to go bring your brother Joseph out to the barn anyway, so I'll hitch up the horses. Why don't you go help Eli in the carpenter's shed today until uh, shed today until dinner with your mother? Yes, father. Jacob rises from the table and heads to the back of the house, which leads to the expansive shed in the backfield that's been standing since his grandfather was a child. 
back when the Yoder clan first began selling their handcrafted furniture to people outside the Ordnung. Jakob slides the large door open and waves his hand in front of his face to clear the sawdust. Do you have to work so close to the door? Jakob yells out to his brother. You will put a splinter in my eye one day. Eli looks up from where he is using the hand planes on a headboard and smiles. It appears they have spoken to you about your rump ringman. Jacob startles. You could not have warned me that they were planning on discussing this with me? Eli replies. You think they talked to me about it? Of course not. I could tell by the look on your face. You look as you've been asked to march to your death instead of asked to live two years away from a full house and field work. Is that all it was to you then? A break from the hard work of serving your family? Of following our ordnung? Jacob asks, angering once again. Eli doesn't respond right away. He shaves a few more millimeters off the headboard before pausing once more. If that was all it was, I would not have returned. It is no vacation. Your whole life is shaken and you can either accept this as a way to learn about yourself, reflect, and take stock of your faith, or you can continue to be petulant little child you have shown yourself to be this morning. No one can force you out the door, Jacob. They can only try to guide you on your path. There is a reason these traditions exist, and we will put our faith in the Lord. I can't. <laughs> Sorry. I, can't even say this I love how that's. Way. I love how that's what I laugh at. <laughs> I came back because because when I saw my wait, I came back because when I saw my life here to be my life out there. Wait, what? Because when I saw when my I life, saw my life here to my life out there, there was oh, no comparison. Oh, oh. Got it. There was no comparison. Okay. Nothing felt right. Nothing felt like home. It was not pleasant. But I've never been more sure of my commitment to this ordnung than the day I returned. That has not lessened for me, and I will keep that for the rest of my life. I will never wonder what awaits on the other side of the fence. I have seen it. I have experienced it. I have learned. I have had enough, and now I am home. Eli doesn't bother waiting for a reply. He ducks his head down and goes back to work. Jacob stands stock still for a few more moments before slowly making his way to the back of the shed. He pulls out the papers that contain their orders and reads that someone has ordered a rocking chair, a favorite of his to build. And although there are plenty of pieces he could be working on that are due far sooner, he wants something enjoyable to concentrate on and starts working on the chair. He mulls over what the elders in his life have told him this morning and feels overwhelmed with the day, despite its early hour. Jakob loses himself in his work eventually and doesn't look up until he feels a tapping on his shoulder. He glances up and sees his brother Eli with a fond smile on his tanned face, laugh lines visible around the eyes above his thick beard. Eli speaks then. You've lost track of time again, brother. Yosef with the horses and you with the wood. Yep. Yep. I forgot. I forgot Yosef. You should have corrected me. What? You should have corrected me. I said Joseph. Oh, well. It's Yosef. Well, okay, but I, I thought you were laughing at the fact that I said you with the wood. <laughs> oh, no. I, but now, I, I, that is funny. But now we will. <laughs> Yosef I with have... the horses and you with the wood. <laughs> you are both just the same. <laughs> it is time for dinner, and Grandfather walked by earlier and said you will be eating with Mother today. You had better head back to the house so as not to keep her waiting. This is so, this is like what's eating Gilbert Grape. The mom just stays upstairs the whole time. I've never seen that. Oh, it's really sad. She's like, we won't get into it. Is she it. also bedridden? She is. She's like super, super, super obese. And they oh. ha- she dies and they have to lift her body out with a crane. It's really sad. Oh, God. Yeah. That's like one is of Leonardo. Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Leo movie? DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Jakob straightens his back and stretches tight from staying in one position for so long. I bet he is. That's what she said. He roughly pats his brother on the shoulder and thanks him as Jakob makes his way back to the house. As he walks, he runs a hand through his hair, the color of black coffee, according to his mother, and shakes out the last of the wood chips from his hair and clothes. He rinses his hands in the wash basin by the back door and dries them before following his nose to the <laughs> follow your nose <laughs> before following his nose to the kitchen where his sister in law is preparing two plates. Oh good, you're here, she says, looking up. <laughs> what do you offer me? Why did she sound so sexual? Fine. Oh god, oh, you're here, she says. You're here. Alright, hold on. What I'll is stop. this is like a maybe she, maybe she said it. Hitting. Have you oh. come in from working the wood? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I will restart. I apologize. Oh, good. You're here, she says, looking up. I was going to come drag you. Yes, honey. Drag him. Sorry. I was going to come drag you from the shed myself soon, she continues. She hands him the two plates loaded with pot pie and tells him she already took glasses of milk up to his mother's room. He thanks her and makes his way upstairs. Rebecca glances up from what appears to be her knitting tiny baby booties. <laughs> she smiles guiltily at Jacob and puts the knitting away in the drawers of her bedside table. You caught me getting ahead of myself. Jacob tilts his head questioningly. What do you mean? How are you getting ahead of yourself? He asks as he, plays, as he places his mother's plate on the tray next to her on the bed and shifts it closer to her. Oh, Jacob, I'm knitting those for Anna. Rebecca, yeah, that's fun Scottish. in the oven. <laughs> oh, so Anna's pregnant. Rebecca responds. Is she, though? No, she's not even married yet. Come on. Hey, you never know. Jacob looks up with his fork half hanging halfway between his mouth and the plate. Aren't they a little small for her? He asks. His mom laughs. I meant for Anna's child. Jacob's eyebrows shoot up in surprise. What do you mean, her child? Since when is she having a child? How can she possibly... His mother interrupts, though barely restrained laughter. That's why I said I was getting ahead of myself, Jacob. Jacob leans back in his chair next to the bed and continues eating. Isn't it bad luck to start making those things before she's even married? His mother looks up from her plate of food with a sad smile. I think I've used up all my bad luck, don't you? <laughs> oh my god. I may not be here when the time comes to actually start making these things for Anna's child. I need to feel useful now while I still can. I was like definitely channeling my own mom and like her martyrdom here. So there we That's go. <laughs> hilarious. Jacob ship. Sh <laughs> he doesn't shit. He shifts. Jacob shifts uncomfortably in his chair and pushes the food around his plate. This is part of the reason I wanted to talk to you, mother. Has father told you what he asks of me? Yes, your father and I have talked about it at length. You know I support your father in all things. Jacob looks up to meet his mother's eyes. How can you be all right with me leaving for two years when you can't even picture being here for Anna's first baby? Do I mean that little to you that you don't care if you don't see me before you... Jacob pauses and takes a steadying breath. I don't want to leave the family right now. His mother looks at him for a long moment. Jakob can feel her stare boring into his head even though he does not meet her eye. Jakob, you know why I knit these booties? You know why I sew the linens for Anna to take in her trundle? You know why I insist your father let me clean and polish his boots every night? Because life hasn't ended for any of you. It may be half a life now for me, 
stuck in this room. Oh my Half a life, a cursed life. She shouldn't have drunk the unicorn blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh. It may be half a life now for me stuck in this room, but I live through you all. You come up here and tell me what you're living and doing, and that's enough for me. You think you won't write? You think you won't be welcome back here to visit if you would like? How can you think I will not miss you and think of you every day? But I'll be happy knowing you're out there living your life, experiencing things, being free in ways I can't even dream. And when it's over, I know in my heart you'll come back to us. I know you'll be with this family once again, and I'll be here waiting for you, my son, one way or another. Oh, whoa. I'm gonna <laughs> haunt you when I die. That's what she said. <laughs> Jacob and his mother finished the rest of their dinner together, talking about Jacob's latest project in the woodworking shed. After their meal, he kisses his mother on the forehead and heads downstairs as he settles in to take a nap. At the bottom of the stairs, Jacob's father and grandfather are walking back out the door into the fields after having had their own meals. They both turn and look at Jacob expectantly. Jacob stands on the last steps and sighs. The day after the wedding. I'll start my rumspringa then. End of chapter one. Yay! <laughs> all right. What's what's the... That was amazing, first of all. I actually... Okay, let's break this down just a little okay. bit. I, I love the characterization. I love that, like, Joseph is, like, the wacky one who's always with the horses. Mm -hmm. And, like... Because, you, you know, in, in these... In, like, farm families and stuff, there, oh, there's always that one kid who's like, that person's not going to end up working <laughs> on the farm. Right? Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just... I love it. Now, why... So was the did you choose to have the mom permanently like like yellow wallpaper style stuck in a room uh like never to leave? Yes. Okay. Because if you'll remember, our other main character has magic. <gasps> oh, that's I forgot. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's gonna be a witch. She's a literal so... witch. Well, is she a good witch or a bad witch? I guess she's a that's good witch. That's a great question. Okay, you know, we could take this to a really dark place. You can have the mother die and she brings the mom back to life. Necromancy. Maybe that's what I was planning. Ooh, she puts the romance in She's necromance. Like, I have this diamond in my pocket. <laughs> we shall I... vivify her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Anna, this you went out of your way, dude. And um, I yeah, think... I'm like really committed to this now. So buckle in. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this first chapter. What should should we set another bar? Maybe seven hundred fifty. Should that be the next like goal? Or um, sooner. Than well, that? we have something planned for five hundred. Yeah, six hundred. Six hundred. Let's do right. it. Okay. Yeah. We get to meet Anastasia at six hundred. Yeah, you do. All right, Anastasia. Everyone. Okay. All right. Well. So the more you follow. The, yeah. the quicker this will be released. To and you. the more you get people to follow. So share and, um, uh, or maybe not, maybe don't listen to this. Maybe just, <laughs> maybe just, just burn it, burn your device. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Mom was trampled by a horse. I, I just, <laughs> it's just too much. And it was one of their faults. <laughs> I know. I know. Are, are we going to find out who do you know? Do you know if we're gonna, I don't know yet. 
Ooh, what if it turns out to be like, okay. I mean, you could take this in so, writing a book is so fun. You could take it in so many places. Yeah. What if it's like, it's none of their fault. It's a demon spirit and Anastasia has to exercise the demon spirit. This is going to get dark. Maybe mom can't walk because she is possessed right now by a demon. <gasps> and once she is exercised or excised, or I don't know what the word is. Once she exercises, once, she gets on yeah, that treadmill. she exercises. <laughs> Well, it's been real, and this is fun. I'm very, nicely done, Anna. I'm very excited Thank for you. chapter two. <laughs>